Welcome to Where a New Life Begins with Francisco A. This is going to be a weekly podcast with the unveiling of untold truths that a lot of us have hidden. We will start with the facade, the man or woman, the myth, the legend, because all of us have facades, whether we believe it or not. Throughout my life, I thought I had it all together and I was the man, father, husband that I should be, but I was entirely wrong. This isn't going to be geared towards any specific gender, but across all genders, such as men, women, transgender, straight, and or gay. This is for anyone that suffers from this particular topic that I will discuss in depth. My hope is that if this helps one person, it is one person I know will be in a better place in their life. The formation of the man. I am 60 years old and on my second marriage with three grown adult children with my own business, which I never thought would happen, but happened by default. My life is one that until about a year and a half ago, you would think was great as my wife and I were living the dream after moving to Florida. Well, let me tell you the hard truth. That's what I thought also, but now realize it was a facade. Why do I say it was a facade? If you look at the definition of the word, it is a false appearance that makes someone or something seem more pleasant or better than they really are. That was me almost my entire life, or what I recall of it, putting on a front to make things seem better than they actually were. Most people can recall their childhood and all the memories they created with families and friends. Well, I cannot until midway through high school, and what I do recall were miserable experiences. As children, we always look to our parents for affection, recognition, approval, etc. I never had this, especially for my father. I was always looking for his approval, even as an adult, and never received it, let alone heard him say the words, I love you, until a few years ago. That relationship and the cause of some issues will be a later topic in future episodes, and you will learn more of where I ended up because of this. Because of the lack of attention, I had to do things, good and bad, to get attention, but at least I was receiving it. However, on the outside with others, I made it seem like everything was great, and I had great relationships with my parents, family, friends. I was self-confident and had the world by the hand. All of this was more to make myself feel and look good to others whether it was working like a madman to obtain promotions, to see, to be seen by others as a success, acting like someone I wasn't in personal relationships, I did it. This facade carried me into my first marriage and into my relationship with my kids after the divorce. Crazy thing is, you don't know that you are even doing it because it is what you have done from your childhood to give you a sense of self-worth and approval so you keep at it and you get better and better as the years go by. The facade continues until about a year ago. I am here to tell you the truth about changing your ways, habits, and getting rid of the facade to make yourself a better person, not only for yourself, but for the relationship you're currently in or the one you may be in in the future. You all may be thinking, great, another self-help podcast, but to me, this is for those who don't think they have a problem, addiction, or if they do, they may say that they can't change 
or they can do it by themselves. Well, you can if you want to. It's your choice and no one else's. That's the bottom line. I'm not a professional speaker or a therapist. I'm just your common average guy that if you saw me and you knew my life, you would guess I wouldn't be here telling you the story about the facade. Trust me, we all have skeletons in our closet. It's just a matter of time before they are found or if you bring them out into the open and you are willing to accept them, want to change and learn from them to leave the old world behind. See, last year, my wife and I were on vacation in Turks and Caicos for her birthday, which we do every year as we enjoy the tropics. So we have been there for about a week exploring the island. And on Monday, April 8th, 2019, after a long day out and a nice dinner, we went back to the house we had rented, which was during the NCAA championship. My wife was tired. I went to bed. And for some reason, which at the time I didn't know, but I now do, I started texting someone that I shouldn't have out on the patio. See, what I didn't realize at the time, and in my mind, it was all good because I really wasn't being unfaithful because it was just text. Wrong. Totally wrong. Cheating is cheating, whether with your mind, text, or physically. I was flipping between my phone and the basketball game and texting, and then wham. My wife comes out and asks what I'm doing and who I'm texting. Well, as anyone would do in that situation, you start coming up with excuses to make it seem like you don't know or didn't do anything wrong. Huge mistake. Long story short, she says she wants a divorce and my heart just sinks. Like that is the last thing on earth I want and, and think. What have I done because I truly love and adore my wife? I started begging and asking to talk. Nothing but anger and rightfully so. We finished our trip having a good day. We took a boat out and explored the island and talked as we headed home. When we get back to Florida, we started living on two separate parts of the house. Like I was thinking this was gonna blow over, things would get back to normal and there wouldn't be an issue. Again, I was wrong. Oh yeah, there's more which I haven't told you. So strap yourself in and hold on. My first marriage was right after college and we moved to South Carolina where I had a job offer. It was a great place. There was the beach and great friends. My wife was a nurse and got a job working at the hospital with the initial shift being from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. and then from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. while I was working 8 to 5. Can you see where this is starting to go? I need to have activities after work besides the gym. So I joined a softball team and played two nights a week which was great. The only problem was after the games, we would go grab beers or go to somebody's house or apartment and hang out by the pool and swim. Well, of course there were single women there and not that I did anything, but the temptation was there as they would drop hints and want to get together. Yes, the temptation was there and I was okay with it because it was only flirting. And again, didn't think anything was wrong. See, this was the attention I was seeking because with my wife and I in opposite hours, we barely saw each other for the first couple years. As I said, we ended up divorcing and having three great ch children along the way, but there were similar distractions with my first marriage.
I was divorced for about nine years after that, before I met my second wife and was living a footloose and fancy-free life and still carrying that facade that I had previously discussed. I was never involved in any monogamous committed relationship for an extended time and would be seeing two or three women at a time like it was the norm for me. If they wanted to get serious, then I would stop seeing them. Simple as that. There was no emotions or feelings involved for me, just simply having fun and sex. That went on for almost nine years with no worries. See, this was more about receiving that same attention affection I had previously discussed and I never really had as a child. It was attention, but not in a good way, at least from my side of it, now looking back at things. So back to my story. I met my wife in 2007 and we dated long distance until she moved in with me in 2009. It was kind of strange, but at the same time, I was literally excited because I found someone that I really wanted to be with. While we were dating prior to being engaged, we had a similar issue that we had while we were in Turks and Caicos. And working things out by seeing our pastor and talking, which if you know me, I never shared my feelings or emotions with the exception of anger. That's another podcast to come. However, with this latest issue, I had also been on websites I shouldn't have been for a few months prior, and that got brought up to the surface as well. I kept being asked why. I couldn't give her an answer. That would make sense to her or to me. It just happened. At the time, I didn't know why, but long after the journey and self-reflection, I now do. Yes, there are still... We are still together as of today and doing well, but not for a lack of hard work on my part. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The writer states that from this, we can reason that the situation and circumstances in our lives could be because of our thinking pattern. This may be hard to digest or understand because we've all had bad things happen to us in life. Maybe you were raised by a single parent, abused at an early age, etc. There would be all kinds of reasons for these, but they took place in your life. And they have caused poor thoughts to grow inside you on the negative side. So you turn to what you think is the answer and you don't see it as wrong. What I didn't realize was that I was a sex addict. And like any addict, you get caught up in the task of keeping your secret life from affecting your public life and try to hide your problem, deny it, and find reasons why that isn't you, which is what I had been doing, not on just the trip, but my entire life. Again, putting on a facade. People don't realize it as individuals addicted to sex, men, women, transgender, etc., get a sex of euphoria from it that seems to go beyond that reported by most people. The sexual experience is not about intimacy in the true sense of the word as you saw earlier. Addicts use sexual activity to seek pleasure, attention from lack of affection in their lives from childhood to adulthood, avoid unpleasant feelings, or respond to outside stressors such as work difficulties, interpersonal problems. This is not unlike how an alcoholic uses alcohol. In all instances, any reward gained from the experience soon gives way to guilt, remorse, and promise of change. That was me. After all this happened, 
I had to take a good, hard look at myself and figure out if I wanted to continue down the path I was going or to change for me. See, addicts and people with these types of illnesses try to fix themselves for others so they can get that attention that they are looking for. You know, you cleaned yourself up, you've changed, you look good now. That's a temporary fix because once those people leave your life or you have a simple lapse, the majority go back to what they were doing in the past. I decided that I couldn't try and fix me for my wife. I needed to fix me for me, to be the person that I wasn't and an example of the man, father, and husband I wanted to be. As I told my therapist, if my marriage is saved in the process and I change and improve, it's a win-win all around. If my marriage isn't saved and I change and improve, it's still a win. This process wasn't easy, but I can tell you that once I started it at first, I started reading books to learn more about my addiction, books from people that had gone through the same thing and how they worked on themselves and saved not only their marriage, but themselves from this facade-filled life they were living. And everything I read, it all had one thing in common, work on you and fix you. See, once you do that, everything will follow and what God has in store for you will happen. Through this, I could feel the change inside me and how much better I felt realizing that I must give myself the self-worth, love, happiness, and not to expect it from others. This is what made me realize that my entire 60 years, I have been looking for others' approval, attention, and affection when, in the end, I am the one that needed to feel good about myself and not worry about what others thought. It's just like happiness. You have to be happy with yourself. Others and things can't get, make you happy. With the reading and concentrating on me, which helped me find my way back to, say, let's say, a higher power, for some of you, call it God or whatever you believe in, the more I changed my mindset and started avoiding Satan's lies, which was and is still an effort, however, not as much anymore, I came to be at peace. People don't realize that the devil attacks those that are weak and feel inferior because you don't feel good enough about yourself and think that if you just do this one thing, it will be okay. That is where he ropes you in and you start saying, well, I wasn't caught the first time, so I can keep doing it again and again, and the cycle is continuous. This journey wasn't about me worrying about my marriage, even though it was in the back of my mind. It was about fixing the root of the problem so that once that happened, everything else in due time would follow. The enemy knows that we have been made new with Christ for the believers but he doesn't stop from trying to keep us down and where we were. The enemy, Satan, only has as much power as we allow him to have over us. And we give him that power when we believe the lies that get placed in our head, which are our thoughts. People at some point in time, we need to take a good hard look at ourselves and take responsibility for our thoughts and actions. This world today is full of blame and passing the buck and becoming a victim and having that victim mentality. As you will see on our next podcast, in my own life for many, many years, I found it easier to blame everyone else for my problems and things that happened to me because it made me feel better and I was giving myself the self-worth or affection by doing so. It wasn't my problem. See, I let the victim mentality 
guide and direct my life for all those years because I felt I was denied what I was looking for, attention. Chip Ingram wrote, shame and guilt go hand in hand, one feeding the other. They are partners of destruction eroding our lives. And as we do with shame, most of us carry guilt around for years. We all struggle with it, no exceptions. He said he'd encourage you to whisper a prayer to God to give you the courage and strength to be honest with yourself and with him. He wants to help you and he can. See, we usually deal with guilt in unhealthy ways. We tend to do exactly what Adam and Eve did. We hide it. Then we deny it or excuse it. Then we blame other people. We all have a drug of choice to cover our guilt. Mine was sex. I never thought about my actions, and if I did, I just shifted the blame and kept doing it. The good news is that God has comprehensive solution for our guilt, and it's extremely effective. But in order to take advantage of it, we have to be honest with ourselves. Denying our system symptoms like I did for years doesn't lead us to his solution. We first need to identify the symptoms and behaviors, then we can explore the guilt that creates them. When we do, God begins a healing process that only removes the symptoms but deals with the cause. He desires to replace our guilt with his peace. Ephesians 2, 4, 7 says, God, who is rich in mercy, loves us deeply and relentlessly and will not leave us in our sinful condition. When we were dead in our transgressions, in our hostile rebellion against him, he made us alive in Christ. We were once in the kingdom of darkness, but now we are in the kingdom of light. That is why God sees us differently now. Today, I want to tell you all that the victim mentality can be defeated if you are willing to work for it and allow God to help you destroy all those negative thoughts that Satan tries to place in your mind. Our next podcast will continue with the facade, but the myth, a little more about my past history and relationship or lack thereof with my dad, and a personal tragedy that took place while dealing with the realization that I was a sex addict that could have taken me down a deep, dark hole. James Allen said, You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Where do you want to be tomorrow? This is a time for you to, to make aggressive moves and to explore the life your God has for you. Stay positive. Love yourself. And thank God every morning that he made you the best that you can be. Grab hold of your life and live it. As Trent Shelton says, it all starts with you.